0: This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson.
1: Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Rundown. Keenan Gray. Alex McIntyre, Kyle Paulson. We got another exciting episode for you guys. Special guest, Nick Hauger. That name doesn't sound familiar. He is a Shadow Park alum, University of Portland alum, and now he runs for Northern Arizona Elite, sponsored by Hoka One. He will join us here for a very, very fun interview, and luckily Kyle was able to get land him on our show. And Kyle, tell us a little bit about Nick, because you're you, you were the one that brought him up. So tell us about Nick a little bit.
0: Uh, he was a, a phenomenal runner for Shadow Park, finished Old State his junior and senior year. Highest placing was fourth for Shadow Park, and went on to just be a phenomenal runner once he went to Portland. He won the NCAA West Regional race his senior year. He was fourth junior year, won it his senior year, and, you know, he just set an American record on the track for 10 miles, so he's... up-and-coming runner new to the pro scene and he's gonna be a name I think we'll hear about if you follow the pro scene at all so really excited he was able to get on.
1: It's our first professional athlete we will have here on the rundown we're very looking forward to this talk with him but before we dive into it we had some unfortunate and some sad news even related to Shadow Park High School Uh, this past week not only did the Spokane community the greater Spokane league uh, lose an important person but the entire state of Washington lost a, a really important coach and that was Bob Isaac who passed away at the age of 70 from lung cancer. Bob who coached Nick when he was in high school phenomenal person just from what I've heard I've never met him in person but just a phenomenal coach was at Shadle Park for 33 years. Um, you guys might know more a little bit about him because you guys were around that uh, time and running, and I wasn't quite into the uh, the game of running quite yet. So, just basing off what you guys know about Coach Isaac, tell us a little bit about back then. I'll start with you, Alex.
2: Yeah, I, I was never fortunate enough to meet him um, either. But you know, I can kind of speak to the Spokane culture, being a Spokane kid, um, that he contributed to, um, and I know that he contributed to it just by um, the know the elite level of the athletes that he produced and there's there's just there's just such a cool running culture in Spokane that I've yet to find anywhere else Um, and and he has put his name up there with with some of those just legendary coaches that that have come out of Spokane so uh, definitely a hard loss for Spokane Um, but you know without sounding super corny I think he's a person who's who uh, will, will live on through the athletes that keep coming out of Spokane and the work he's done
1: Spokesman Review came out with an article yesterday yesterday saying if there was a Mount Rushmore of running in the area, Isa would not be would not be out of place alongside contemporaries and Olympians Don Cardong and Jerry Lingren. That's a pretty impressive group to be even listed a part of and not even just in Spokane, just the entire state in general. Both Cardong and Lingren have had huge impacts on the state of Washington whether that's Bloomsday or Lingren running at WSU and winning national championships and Running Olympic trials. He's, both those guys have done a phenomenal job to bring the running scene that we have today here in Spokane, Washington. So, Bob Isaac will be dearly missed. Um, we'll hold a little moment of silence for him before we talk to Nick. So, we'll do that right now. May Bob Isaac rest in peace. But now, joining us, his former athlete, Nick Halger, and Northern Arizona elite runner professional hoka you can call whatever you want because it's sponsored by hoka he kindly joins us here on the rundown nick how's it going i'm well how are you guys we're doing really well just finally glad that the smoke is gone and we're all breathing in what in washington so i hear yeah i know
3: right you guys yeah you guys got hit hard fortunately down in arizona it was it was nice and peaceful but i'm actually up in spokane now myself and Luckily, I came right at the right time, you know, and and no more smoke and all that. So Exactly. So
1: what's it been like being back home for a little bit?
3: You know, it's been good. It's always good to come back and visit family. Um, I'm not training too hard and just getting back into things again right now. Uh, We had a little bit of downtime after the the hour run on the track and everything. And so, yeah, just kind of gearing up, enjoying family time, kind of just meeting up with old coaches and friends and whatnot. So it's always a good visit.
1: Uh, before we go dive into our interview and just talk about your an amazing career even up to this far, um, obviously we all know the passing of your coach Bob Isaac uh, at the age of seventy, lung cancer. Talk about like the mentorship he was and kind of like he was a, a little bit of a father, grandfather figure towards you.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, like one of my goals was to get up here because um, I knew his, his health was taking the turn for the worse, and was to get up here and you know hopefully see him one more time, but like I've been telling everyone, I've been very fortunate after that, after that 10 mile performance, um, you know, I got, I got a text from him saying like huge congrats, um, you know, well-deserved, super proud of you. And like, I, that's just so, that's a blessing. Um, That's a blessing to me. So on that end, I'm very fortunate. Um, I wish I could have seen him one last time, but at least I got that, you know, you have to be, you have to look at things like that. And it's like, you know, who, who else got a text like that? And, and, to me it's like I, I got to give him something uh something else you know um but something I kind of shared and that stuck with me since my um I mean really it was a defining moment for my uh for my running career was my senior year I was trying to qualify for state it's very hard to qualify in state in eastern Washington um especially at the time I was running against some pretty stiff competition John Dressel, Kai Wilmot, Tanner Anderson and and I had not a great PR going into it. And he just said, Hey, you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? And, and I'm like, "Ice man, we're, we're going for this thing. I want to qualify for this state meet. And with about two laps to go in that 3,200, um, I just hear his words through the crowd. It's a big crowd down in Pasco and he just says, you have to believe. And I just recommitted so hard and I missed out on state by like half a second. But like, it's those words that have stuck with me. Um, you know, and he's, he's all always a guy, you know, he was one of the few that taught me how to like, run hard, push myself in running and just be a good person, like be a good man. He was a good man. And, uh, you know, he did that for so many people. Um, You know, his women's teams were incredible. His, his teaching accolades were incredible. All around great guy. It's, you know, it's a tough loss for the running community in Spokane in general, but At the same time, you know we're all blessed to have even been a part of someone like that, you know, in his life. So that's huge. Um, And I guess yeah, that's what I have to say about that.
1: I've had nine coaches throughout my entire high school career. So crazy, exactly. So just those that are listening and, and our audience is particularly young high school athletes. Yeah, are the coaches are what make the sports so much fun. They they make a huge impact on our lives, and that's what's driven you now to be. A professional athlete living in yep. Northern Arizona. You're training in Flagstaff, where yes. everyone knows Northern Arizona University, a dominant powerhouse. So, yep. what's it been like living there for the last uh, year or so?
3: Yeah, um, it's it's been it's been kind of a roller coaster. I'll be honest. Um, the way I like kind of describe it is, I moved down there to run, obviously, and uh, immediately upon getting down there, I was diagnosed with a femoral stress fracture, out of the blue just crazy injury. I've I'd never had a real bone injury before. And so that, that kind of came out of nowhere for me. And so I moved down there for two months. I can't even run. Um, I get to see my team, you know, a few times a week and like in the weight room and that sort of thing. So I was kind of cleared to do some stuff in there. Um, but mainly I was in the pool. I was in the pool for two months. And so that was tough. It was a tough transition. Um, you know, and I, I picked up some side jobs to keep me busy and to keep me financially afloat and whatnot. Um, so it wasn't like the most glamorous start, uh, you know, but I kept reminding myself, well, I kept questioning my, myself in all honesty, like, (laughs) is this like a sign that I shouldn't be doing this? was this a, was this the right decision? Was this the wrong decision? And, and I just promised myself if I could get through that because it was tough, um, just mentally taxing. It was, um, I, I was down in the dumps in all honesty. And, uh, you know, I promised myself if I could get through that, I can get through anything. And, you know, it, once I was on the ground running again, I got my butt kicked time and time again. I mean, I'm, I'm running with some world-class athletes and, uh, you know, I, once I, and then again, I was questioning myself like, holy crap, am I, is this the thing I'm supposed to be doing? Um, am I ever going to be fast? (laughs) You know, am I ever going to be fit? Uh, but trusting the process got me through that. And, you know, obviously it was kind of a weird year, but we made so many gains on so many levels with with training, with team culture, with how close I am with my team now. I mean, really it's been, it's been a, a blessing. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed to be continuing to do it. Um, I know, you know, we have a great setup there. Training and flag stuff is, is very tough, but it's, it's one of the best, best places to train in the world. And when you don't take that, like that for granted, you just know that it's going to pan out one way or the other. Um, so I've been, you know, trusting in that I have amazing teammates and amazing, uh, amazing coach and a great sponsor. Um, Hoka does a great job with us and, and they really trust us and we just signed that new contract and everything. And, you know, I just, I hope to continue to give to that. Um, so yeah, it's been great.
0: Yeah. So your, Nick.
2: Oh, go ahead. Alex. Sorry. Oh, thanks. Um, so I, I think what you're saying is is super relevant to just kind of Everything that's happening this year, and you know we're we're talking about our high school athletes and it's it's really just about adaptation this year, like you know what's in your control, what can you do? so if you were going to you know as a professional athlete, speak to these young athletes who are having to really experience extraordinary adaptation and and challenges what what would you tell them
3: yeah, a big thing that i've that we've all dialed into really
2: is is your why
3: like why are you doing this um you know it has obviously like running is a love. Um, I I think it's anyone who's really in the sport and really wanted to get the most out of themselves. Like it's a, it's, it's a love for us. Um, But oftentimes like, you know, those, those time goals, those outcome goals, they don't, they don't get you very far. Uh, It's, it's super easy to, to kind of let that, let that slip. It doesn't, it doesn't keep your motivation there a hundred percent of the time you know so my big thing is like what's intrinsically motivating you um you know and this is something i got really dialed into in college and it's something that has you know kept me going through through all the trials and everything um yeah you know the more you can dial into your why and if it's if it's for your family if it's for you know getting others excited about what you're doing or just or just getting like yeah just getting people excited about about running in general um i think it can get you very far and it can get you through just about anything uh some of my toughest moments i've been okay who can you do this for right now and and it brings something out of you that you didn't know is there um and so we've really dialed into that as a team and i know you know it's going to be a little different for everyone um but yeah that's just that's a big part of of what we're doing and and it keeps you going at this level especially when times are tough
0: Oh, yeah, you were talking about how your teammates have kind of motivated you and helped you get to where you were, or where you are. Uh, Though right now, some of your current teammates used to be your former rivals, right? How has that been? Like, how was that first, like, team practice? Was there a bit of, like, animosity? uh, It's Matthew Baxter and Rory Linkletter from NAU and BYU. Yeah. And tell us a bit about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think the whole like running, you know, especially the NCAA NCAA runners from our specific teams were more interested in how that was going to go than like than any worry that we were having. In all honesty, um, I look back at it and I'm like, if someone had told me a couple years ago that I would be teammates with Roy Linklater and Matt Baxter, I would have been like, you're crazy, you're you're, you're out of your mind. That's that's just not going to happen. Um, but here we are. We're on we're all on the same team and. On one end, we were all leaders on our team in, in some way, shape, or form. And we, we were competing at a, a very high level. I mean, we traded, I mean, with the exception of NAU always being at the top, you know, BYU and Portland traded traded places uh, two years in a row, 2017, 2018, at the NCAA meet. And just, just to bring that energy and that competitive spirit um, to the team, is, it's, it's awesome. Um, there's never a dull moment. You know, there's always times where, oh, well, hey, Nick, I got you at conference or I got you at nationals, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's always, it's always some banter back and forth, but I, looking at it now, like we're best friends. It's, it's incredible. Um, these guys could have been my teammates. I could have been their teammates years ago. Uh, that's just how well we vibe. Um, and I think that might be surprising for some people, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're all pushing each other to be better. And, uh, and we've really enjoyed that competitive spirit but also just that friendship that comes from grinding out miles and grinding out hard workouts at altitude. So it's, it's really been a very fun experience and something that I'm, I'm going to look on forever. Like, wow, this is every time, every now and then I catch myself like, wow, this is incredible. These guys are awesome. And they're bringing the most out of me. Um, They're pushing me. And, you know, especially in those, how I mentioned earlier, those first few workouts where I was just struggling, I was off the back, I was getting dropped. You know, someone's always talking to my ear like Matt will regroup to me and he'll be like, come on, man, you got it. Just remember all those times in the pool. And we're always like, come on,
1: Ogs," You know, <laughs> it's just,
3: we're all pushing each other. We're all, we're all close. It's, it's been very fun.
1: This is Nick Halger of Hoka Northern Arizona elite, former Shadow Park great and University Portland great. He joins us here on the rundown. It seemed like during quarantine, all these professional runners ran a lot of PRs. I mean, you ran a PR in your 5k and then of course the American record, we're going to call it the American record, even though it's not quite official yet, but we're going to call it, um, 10 mile record. Talk about that and why the heck would you want to run 10 miles on a track?
3: (laughs) Yeah. So we had, we had it in the plan for a while to make, or, you know with this time we have to kind of create our own events and something that we are shooting for was going after that elusive hour record. Um, you know, and at first, like Fobble was going to be involved with that, but he had to kind of cut his season short. He ran into some glit, like glute problems. And, and so it was just going to be Roy, Matt and I, <laughs> and um, which is totally funny because, you know, once upon a time, all rivals, but here we are lining up and trying to do something really hard together. Um, and for me, the hour American record was, it was just a bit out of reach. I mean, Bill Rogers put laid down a, (laughs) a very high standard for that, for that hour record. Um, so we were really going for that New Zealand record for Matt and the Canadian hour record for, for Rory. And it was just going to be, it's, it's an unconventional race. You know, we've done some stuff on the track. We've done our five K's. We did a mile in Sedona as an inner squad. And so we're like, let's let's hype this up hoke is gonna back this it's gonna be a great event and so we had scott smith pacing that and rory and matt didn't quite have the day that that we were hoping um matt had was trying to rush into some fitness and it just wasn't feeling good and rory in all honesty was just he ran into a few things the weeks leading up to that race and so it was kind of it's kind of me solo out there after about 9k or so um which is a very hard way to do that i mean run straight turn left run straight turn left for an hour um so very quickly turned into um let's go for that 10 mile american record and obviously it's it's different than the road versus the track um you know the road 10 mile american record something very fast like low 46 if not under 46 minutes but the um the 10 mile record on the track was something we sanctioned it out i we started about 90 some odd meters back so that when I crossed the finish line, it was an official thing. So there's a picture with me passing the clock, passing a, a legit finish line. And, uh, and yeah, we got it. Um, it was very, very difficult from eight to 10 miles. Um, I was hitting some some ups and downs and, and a big down was eight to 10. Um, it was just mentally taxing and my legs felt like lead. Um, but we got it <laughs> with with a lot of help from all of the people that are in my corner and everyone who is at the meet. So, you know, I look back on it, like that was so hard and it's only going to propel me forward for what's to come with these longer races because I know the longer the race, the better for me. So I just know with the pack on the roads, it's going to be 10 times better than it was alone on the track.
1: <laughs> so just that last two miles, kind of comparing it to a 5K race for these high school athletes, they right. kind of feel like that last mile you're just grinding and trying to finish Absolutely. it
3: yes yeah and you know and it's funny because they were such different races because i raced a 5k in california about 10 ish days beforehand and then you know that last mile i recommitted every lap it was like you need this to run under 14 okay now can you recommit again for two laps like come on man can you just can you get two laps out of you and this was like, okay, you've got two miles. <laughs> how many times have you run sub 10 for two miles? You can do this, <laughs> you know, let's go. Um, and so it was just so similar. It was just a, a differing in the in the distance there, you know? So how many times can you recommit? I promise you can recommit way more than you actually think you can in that moment. You know, whatever it is you got to bring up to do that, just go, just go to that. It'll give you the energy. So that's my advice for that.
2: I'm sure you start thinking about your why again too, right? And just like anything to to keep grinding.
3: Dude, it was it was anything and everything. I mean, I I thought about I it like literally it was right like right around mile nine. I I just I heard those words in my head. I've I've heard those words in my head for years. Um, I thought about my family. I thought about you know Bruce Hafferkamp, my my cross country coach. Um, I thought about my buddy who passed away in college. All those things, like just anything I can do, and it. it it gets you there it really does and you know I, I I've experienced that at the NCAA meet a couple times um, when it's just the hardest thing you're ever trying to do but if you're doing it for your teammates it, it just makes it a little bit easier and pull pull out all the cards have those things ready you know for those worst times and you can practice that I really do practice that as much as I can and it helps.
1: Going back to your NCAA days, and of course, my Zags have gotten the burden from going against BYU and Portland, but right. you yourself are a WCC champion. What was that feeling like? And you actually ran against a Lincoln alum in James Mora, who was a freshman who I believe was third in that race? From that he race?
3: was, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but he was right with us for a long, long time uh, deep into that race, which wasn't the easiest race um, going up to BYU's uh, home grounds at 4,000 feet when we're all – I was coming from sea level, Spokane's not that high up um uh it w- yeah that was that was a fun one that was something I, I look back on like on my top performances ever um I was dialed in and I was ready i was ready for that ready for that meet but it's funny though because because we were going up to altitude, we didn't look at the course until the day of we got in about eight o'clock at night the night before we grabbed some dinner and we went to bed and <clears throat> we warmed up on the on the course a little bit and I just I told my coach and my team, I'm going to take a swing. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'm going to take a swing at this. I'm going to try to take it. It's my last time to try. Um, And I felt, I felt confident ready to do it. And uh, you know, and so pretty early on into that race, I I knew that they were trying to break us. Um, They were trying to surge around corners and that sort of thing. And I was fortunate enough to pick up on it pretty soon, uh, pretty early on in the race and coming into the last lap, it was like just four 2k loops and, and we had these wristbands that like, were always like our our team mantra for the year. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is getting really hard. We've cranked the pace down. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I looked down the, at the wristband. I'm like, okay, but can you do this for your team? And I'm like, yes, you told, you told everyone you're going for a swing. Let's just take a swing and see what happens. And so I took that first swing. Um, and then I kind of played around it with it cause I still felt pretty good. I took a few more, few more swings. And it was weird. With 200 meters to go, I was like, okay, I did it. I took my swing. Um, if someone beats me, props to them. But then I saw everyone, like my assistant coach on the right, Jack Mullaney, he was going nuts and, and running down the sideline with me. I saw like um, a couple of women's team family that was there. They were going nuts for me. They don't even know me. And I was like, no, you got to kick it in for them. You're like, you got to get people excited. And that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, it got everyone so excited back home um, at Portland, in Spokane, like everyone was pumped. And I mean, that's, that's really what does it for me. And that's like, at the end of the day, it was, the win was gone in in an instant, but what it meant towards everyone else was what that mattered, mattered most to me, you know? So I look back on that just with fond memories because everyone was so excited. Um, and for me, I was just like, I don't know, we just did it. <laughs> and, uh, which is kind of a funny, weird way to, to think about it. And, but I'm, I'm very fortunate for that win. And, um, what it meant to everyone. So,
1: and then two weeks later, you go and win the West Regional race, right? What, everyone's eyes are on Nick Hauger going into the West Regional <laughs> meet. After he just defeated a bunch of BYU guys at the WCCs, what yeah. was that mentality going into that race?
3: That one was I've I've always loved the regional meet. Um, it's so competitive. It's so deep, um, and I'd run it enough to where like I knew exactly what we needed to do, and the biggest goal was just look guys we're trying to get in those top two spots we're not leaving anything up to chance like even if we were third or fourth we'd probably get it in but we've we've done too much and we've worked too hard to to leave anything up to chance you just you never know it's volatile um with those at-large bids you know so I I kind of took it upon myself to just kind of be that guy who you know it was like my fourth regional meet I wanted to just be someone who the other guys are looking to for for clarity for confidence um and so i was just talking in the ear the whole time uh every time that we we're going around a corner I, I make sure there's space and then no one's getting in the way of my guys you know um and uh late in the race i you know jack malaney again just phenomenal assistant coach for us he goes what statement do we want to make <laughs> and it was the third lap of this 10k of this 10k race and there's this steep incline followed by a really sharp turn and i was like i'm we're gonna open this up let's go And so I, I put in this huge surge and I don't know if anyone, anyone of my teammates went with me. There were like three or four guys with me. I looked to my left, everyone's there. They just shadowed me. It was incredible. I've never felt like an energy like that before. I was like, I I just look over him. I'm like, guys, we're shutting this down. We're doing this. And, uh, and you know, the, my name's, uh, his name's slipping my mind, but the cow guy who took. Took it at like 5k we're just slowly chasing him down and reeling him in and everyone's going nuts like wow Portland looks great Portland looks great I'm like guys smile for the boys back home you know because <laughs> I know this is on flow track and and um, yeah and then all of a sudden I find myself and James Mora right on my tail we're both leading this thing I'm from Spokane he's running with you know in for Spokane at the moment and I'm like this is cool this is really cool and um, I just kicked it in and and as I was finishing, the funny thing was, is I looked over and I saw that the flow track, like um, deer tractor um, had, or gator or whatever had gone off to the side. And I was just like, this is for the, because the only thing I thought about was my team, my family, that sort of thing. I knew everyone was watching, eyes were on us. And and I do a double take and I just give them a point. I just point at the camera and, and there was a video back home of everyone at Portland watching and the crowd went crazy. They went nuts, and I was just like, like it, it honestly like made me choke up. It was incredible, um, you know. And that that was everything. That was everything for me. Uh, and you know, obviously, I was kind of tired a week later. I didn't I didn't perform how I wanted to at the NCA meet, but I would I would go back and redo it all the same because of what it meant to the team, what it meant for the program, just the excitement that was around that season and the culture. What it got to was just it, I would I wouldn't change a thing. Um, even if it meant a top 10 finish for myself at nationals, it was, it was incredible. It was a great year. And, uh, I look back on it with fond memories. It was
1: was great.
0: That's, that's a little unfair of the NCAA having back to back 10 K's
1: like that. I know, man, it hurts. (laughs) But, But between those two races, which one by far was your favorite?
3: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I've always loved the conference meet so much. It's just, it feels like a fun little dual meet you know, between Portland, BYU, USF, Gonzaga is always bringing their A game. It was always so much fun. Uh, there's something about that small pack feel that just, you know, Wisconsin, those big meets don't quite, don't quite bring. There's just something different about it. And the atmosphere that BYU brought, there were so many fans out there. It was just incredible. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And I would I, have to say it was conference. It was, it was a fun win. Um, I mean, and to get the dub on Roy Linkletter, come on, man, at
1: home. You just, you can't beat that. (laughs) You should have flexed on him, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know.
3: He was, he was, I was always flexing, man. (laughs) Yeah, That's
1: something Kyle or Alex would do on someone like that at the end of a race anyways. Absolutely. That's their personality right there for you. I Um, respect it. Yeah. But your junior year, you guys finished as runner-ups behind Northern Arizona, although it was 52 points, but I mean, that's still pretty competitive despite the fact that that's Northern Arizona. So talk about your all-American finish, but also being a runner-up as a team.
3: Yeah. You know, it was, that was pretty crazy. Um, the year before I was, Oh man, it was at Terre Haute. I was probably 160th place at the national meet. Um, it was just, I, I look back on it and that was a, that was game. Like, that was a changing defining moment for me is, was placing, um, that far back at NCAAs. I took, I took it for granted. Um, I, had the re- I placed really well at the regional meet the the week before. I was like sixth place. Um, I was on top of the world. I thought, you know, an all-American finish would just fall right into my lap. And the NCAA has a different plan <laughs> at the NCAA meet. If if you go in with that mentality, you have to earn every spot. You have to, re- like, like I said, you have to recommit time and time again at the NCAA meet. And um, so that 2016 year was really a defining moment. I was like, dude, you can't be that that's selfish and you can't have that much of an ego going into this at all. Um, you're going to look back on these years if you keep approaching it like that and you're going to regret this. Um, and, you know, so uh, the, re- the only returners were Jeff Thies and I on, from that team. Um, we got a couple guys coming in. We got, we had Mono Levis from France come in and just, just tear up the NCAA and all of a sudden we're looking at each other, like we're going to surprise some people heading into that 2017 season. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was just it, everything fell and fell, and, you know, stars aligned that day. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was, you know, Jeff and Manu had been had broken away into that top fifteen, and I was just kind of eating up spots, eating up spots. And and I kid you not, it was like the last two k, I was like, this is getting so hard, and it's a super uphill finish, and followed by a fast downhill finish. And and I looked down at that wristband again. I was like, can you do this for your team? And yes, you can. And then with about 800 meters to go, I, we find Jack and RC and they're like, if we all get three points or three spots, we can take second place. Oh man. Everyone, everyone got five or six spots. It was unbelievable. I've never kicked that hard from 800 meters out ever in my life. Um, so that was, I mean, I'm sure people look at it like, wow, Portland was really celebrating losing to NAU, but I mean, come on. Uh, that was incredible years beforehand. The, the port you know the portland team of fable and david perry and all those guys woody Kincaid, they took they got the first podium spot and i remember thinking i want to elevate i want to i want to i want to take it to raise the bar higher and we did we managed to do that um so that meant a lot to rc that meant a lot like so much to the program um you know you just, you can't take those days for granted because you never know when it's going to happen again. And, and for RC back in the day in, in 2014, he didn't think it was ever going to happen. He said to the women's coach, he goes that right there, that's once in a career, that trophy. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh, we're getting them another one, <laughs> you know? So to be able to do that again for him and to get to runners up, come on, that was, it was incredible. Something I'll look back and cherish forever. No
1: doubt. And that was a pretty impressive field you ran against too, with Justin Knight winning it. Grant Fisher, and then Washington's own Lake Washington's own Dylan Magger was sixth overall. So yeah, some friendly competition right there. I'm sure you ran against Dylan in your time while you were in high school. So yeah,
3: it's it's funny because now we're both Hulk athletes, and him and I roomed together at the Pan American um, uh, Cup up in Victoria, BC for Team USA, and we roomed together and. And we got to talk and we're like, wait, you're from Washington? Yeah, I'm from, you know, and so we started connecting the dots and, and uh, it turns out I was way faster than than him in high school, but now he's a total stud and he's been beat me ever since, but you know, it's just how it goes.
1: Yeah. All American runner at the Utah State University, going back to your high school days. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest, just because of the class that was with you Not a lot of people knew who you were. They all knew who Johnny Dreschel was. They know Joe Hardy. They know Tanner Anderson. They know Kai Wilmot. Not a lot of people knew Nick Hauger. So when you went on to go to the University of Portland, I mean, was there a lot of schools looking at you?
3: You know, it wasn't a ton. Um, I had signed with, uh, funny enough, I'd signed with Portland uh, after running like 921 or so. Um, And then went on to to run 907 in that, that race I was telling you about with with Bob Isett and um yeah I mean I'd visited WSU I had been I mean kind of talked to UW for a second but then they were like nah sorry dude um Boise State was talking to me but then University of Portland kind of came through the woodworks and I just had great conversations with them um after the cross country season, my senior year, they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get you down for a visit. I'm like, wow, this is, this is incredible. After seeing what they had just done, they were seventh at the NCAA meet that fall. And um, yeah, I mean, I look back running against those guys, those top-notch guys. I, they beat me every single time. I I think I've beat John Dressel once in my life (laughs) and now is that like Wisconsin, my senior year. Um, And that's another one of those. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world even if I got a bunch of state titles, if I could go back and change that because those guys elevated me, I was constantly chasing after guys who have been far better than me. And that's kind of been the story for ever since high school. Um, You know, being a part of that history is incredible. That was like Spokane's peak um, for, it was like a running Mecca there for a good few years. And I'm very fortunate to have grown up in a time where it was so elevated you had to elevate yourself or you weren't going to be doing anything um and then yeah, to go on to university of portland like i said like it was just an incredible experience and and i almost feel that without those guys i wouldn't have gone gotten that fire under my ass and 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 gotten it going you know um so again just fortunate to have done to have been on every stepping stone i've been on to this point
2: I just have to go back and acknowledge a small thing that you said that you ran a 907 3200 and didn't qualify for state.
3: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that's
2: that's incredible. I mean that's only in Spokane, right?
3: Yeah, I know. It's I I think I've still gone down in history as the fastest guy to never make it to state. You know, so if nothing else, I still got that to my name, <laughs> you know? But does, it, does, that,
0: does that ever come up in, like, long runs with, like, your college team? It's like, oh, I was a 907 guy, but I didn't go to state or anything like that? Oh, like yeah, we'd be right talking, thing.
3: and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of just chilled and made it to state, or I chilled in one state several times, you know? I was like, oh, wow, must be nice, cool, <laughs> you know? Um, no, it's it's all all jokes aside, but... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a very crazy year. They, they, I don't know how they do it now, but it was always for the Eastern side. Cause we didn't have the population size of Seattle. It was always an average for that auto qualifying time from the year past, uh, for like the top three spots. And so mm-hmm. there were three spots auto qualifying. And then anything after that, you had to hit like 906.5 and mm-hmm. uh 907.1 like was my time
1: <laughs> so, Kyle can speak for himself because he yeah. coaches at Kamiakin and he's got some pretty fast kids but incredible they got to run against some really fast people from up here in the GSL hey Kamiakin they've, always brings it I always respected them it was awesome oh, to yeah. watch
3: them watch them get after it
0: I, they've made it a little bit easier now I think you only have to run a 912 to make it to state so yeah
3: only a 912. I think
0: they did that the year <laughs> after you ran the 907 they it was like oh I think we're doing something wrong <laughs>
3: Hey, if I'm if I'm helping people, other people out get to state, <laughs> by all means, you're,
1: you're the reason now it's the top six average. Yeah. For yeah. The, the automatic qualifying time to Love go it. to state for all those classifications. But I wanna I think probably your arguably your greatest race was your senior year cross country, sixth overall, fifteen twenty-two. Right. But that was the first ever race to have two guys run sub 15. So kind of just break down that race. And I, I'm sure you were up with that pack for a little bit.
3: Yeah. For, for a little bit, they were, they were hauling at a pace that I couldn't handle. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I always loved the state cross country meet. I lived and breathed for that day. There was there was just an excitement in the air that you could feel. Um, Maybe that was just me being too nervous. I don't know. But um, you start off, there's a huge crowd, and then it's just you in the pack for about 800 meters. You don't hear a thing except footsteps and breathing. And it was just, there's something magic about that. Um, And those guys, I was, I don't, I don't even, I'll be honest. I don't remember what we were splitting, but I know I was within, you know, 10 meters or less uh, of Dressel, Tanner Anderson, Kai Wilmot, all those guys um, at the mile mark. But quickly they just kept pushing the hammer down. And I kind of found myself just running as hard as I could um, with, I think it was Andrew Forder from, I'm forgetting the name, um, or forgetting the name of the school. Nathan Hale, yeah. Uh, Him and I were just kind of going back and forth. There you go, love it uh but yeah him and I were just kind of going back and forth and it was one of those where I just kept conjuring up like this is it just keep your foot on the gas and I remember coming through one of my goals which was which was kind of funny was come through sub 10 at the two mile and I came through at like 957 955 or or something like that you know and I was like keep it going man you're you're on to something good here and um you know the year before I think I was fourth um and so to not quite be on like the steps was like I was like you know, in the, in the podium position, uh, I was like, oh man, but I ran a great time and, um, I got to finish out like doing my favorite thing, which is cross country. That's my jam. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just another, another stepping stone. It was, it was super fun. I always loved the state meet. I always look forward to it. I never took it for granted that I qualified. Um, so yeah.
0: You qualified for the first time for the state meet your sophomore year. And then your, your freshman year, I think your PR was around like 20 minutes. It was, oh
3: man, somewhere
0: somewhere around there, but it was,
3: yeah, it was pretty, yeah, it was back there a ways. And then a year later, I think I ran like low 16. Okay. It wasn't quite 20 something.
0: Like what happened between your freshman, sophomore year where you, you know, a JV kid and then your top, one of the top kids in the toughest cross country regions in the entire nation.
3: Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's, it's obviously it's, it's been a while, but I, I've always felt that every year where I've, you know, whether it's like been a great performance or not, um, I always feel like I'm able to get a little bit more out of myself year to year. I don't know, you know, what that is, but I, I do a pretty decent job at reflecting on my performances, my training, my habits, and I just kind of asked myself, where can we improve? Um, and simply going that summer, heading into my sophomore year, I just, I fell in love with running with the guys, running with the team. Um, that was going to be Nathan White's last year. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to stay with this guy for sure. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, we were heading down to, I think the Richland invite, he looked, we were passing the state course and he goes, Nick, you're going to be there. And I, I was just like, I have to do this now. Um, Nathan White was an incredible runner. Um, I believe he won it my freshman year, uh, won that state meet if I remember right. And, yeah. uh And yeah, I was like, I good. just, I just want to finish this out and run with him. And you know, obviously, I, I wasn't, still wasn't nearly as fast as he was, uh, but to share a starting line with him was incredible. Um, you know, so it, you know, you, I think you, there's a magic in the summer, in the summertime, no matter what. If you just commit to being consistent day in and day out, take a rest day because those are important. Um, you're going to do some some magical things. And, uh, yeah, we were just able to get after it and do it.
1: I just want to point out, just looking at your athletic.net, profile right now. And I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but there's a Hoka ad I'm looking at right now on your really? profile. Just oh, Hoka. It says Hoka 1-1, one, one. something about Hoka Postal Nationals. I was like, oh, that's kind of a coincidence. That, that That's funny. Nick's profile or something like that. Or maybe the government's watching me since I looked up on who knows? Hoka. <laughs> it's true or something like that. That's some, but, that's
3: some great advertising, some great marketing right there behind the exactly. scenes.
1: <laughs> but So you, just looking back at your entire high school career, what's the one thing you miss about it?
3: Um, yeah, that's a, okay. Yeah, I, I've i got it. Um, I would have to say it was always the, the traveling with the team was so much fun. Uh, with Bruce Hafferkamp was my uh, cross country coach in the fall. And then Bob Issa was my track coach in the, in the springtime. Um, and you know, you don't, as a high school, you don't fly to meet. <laughs> I mean, unless you're, um, you know, I don't even know if that happens at all. So getting in the van, jamming out to, you know, goofy music was always so much fun. Um, and just, yeah, just getting to be in that, in that small group. Don't, you know, any high schoolers that might be listening, just don't take it for granted. This is a fun time. Um, running shouldn't be a stressful thing. I know it can be nerve wracking, but just have fun with it. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to go super well if you're just approaching it with a fun attitude and and enjoying the fact that you're there and get to even do that. Um, Obviously, like things are super weird this fall and this year, but um, you know, just, just keep enjoying what you get to do. And, and even if it is just meeting up for practice these days, it's uh, that's, it's always a great time. Um, Yeah. That's what I miss about it for sure.
1: Nick, before we let you go, um, first of all, I want to say we really appreciate having you on here and props to Kyle for getting you on here just to (laughs) talk to a professional athlete. And of course a Spokane legend, Um, but you got yourself your own podcast that you do with Rory and Matthew. And uh, I just want to kind of do a little public dress announcement for your podcast. So talk about running rivalry.
3: Yeah. um, It was, it was back in like January. Uh, It was just Matt, Rory and I, uh, we went on a 20 mile long run one Sunday and we're like, man, what we, what can we do to, you know, just use this whole like rivalry that we've, that, we've had forever what, what can we do to you know bring more audience to to the naz team and, and to hoka and everything and um we're like dude easiest thing start a podcast the running rivals chat about running it'll be great we'll just we'll make fun of each other all the time um we'll we'll bring guests on it'll be awesome and so the running rivals was born and uh and it's it's been great we we just recorded our third episode it's coming out later this week so be on the lookout for that it's a big announcement. I'll I, w- I won't say more than that, um, and no, it's been it's been great. It's gotten us like you know I mean those guys are my best friends uh, on and and off the off the trail off the course uh, you know off the starting line all that sort of thing. So it's been super fun, and we're gonna keep it rolling. We're gonna keep getting great great guests on, and we appreciate it if anyone is is out there listening, and if you haven't heard about it till now, go follow. We've got a nice Instagram page. Uh, we drop merch every now and then, so. Yeah, just go hit it up. Hope you, yeah. hopefully, you guys enjoy it.
1: Running Rivals, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, and I'm sure other uh, podcast websites as well. But Apple yeah. Podcasts is the main one, probably to check out.
3: Yep. Yeah. yeah. All all platforms, and um, and yeah, we post post pretty regularly. So yeah, I appreciate that shout out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, I'm a college student, so I can only afford SoundCloud. And, and I think Nike. it's
3: it might still be on there. I'm not totally sure. I'll look into that.
1: All right. Um, I'm a, I'm a call. Like I said, I'm a college student. I got other stuff to take care of. For I mean, sure. this is this is a side a thing for me, but side hustle. Sure. Exactly, a side hustle. So uh Nick, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun chatting with you and hey, thank you guys. Best, really best of luck that. and enjoy your time back here in Spokane.
3: Yeah, seriously. Really appreciate it, guys. We'll uh thanks. we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, thanks, Nick. Sick. That was Nick Hauger, Shadle Park alum, University of Portland alum, now running for Northern Arizona Elite, sponsored by Hoka. Kyle, I'm going to give you props for that, man. That was great. He's an awesome dude. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I can't say much more about it. He's a great guy, and we had a fortunate opportunity to have him on our show.
0: You know, with some of these awesome people we've had, you've seen a lot of consistency in the stuff they've said about, you know, what does it take to, you know, take your training or – take your goals to the next level which is just you know find teammates that elevate you and find your why and find just be consistent I I love that you know it's not like these guys talk to each other before you know what are we going to say on the rundown it's you know you know what there's no secret to being a great runner like Nick or some of the other runners we've had on here the Wascoms,
1: Will, all that so it's awesome great people. And you don't even have to be, like, and like, we, like I've said, you don't even have to be super, super good in high school to go above and beyond. This guy was a 15, 20, 5K runner. Now he's below 14 and now has the American record for 10 miles. And he never be, even
0: qualified for the state track
1: meet. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to be great in high school. You can be great in college. You can be great after college. It doesn't matter. As long as you put that work in and you just build up to it, you're going to be great in whatever you do. So Alex, your final yeah. thoughts today?
2: Yeah. I'm just going to add it. You know, the, the consistency here is finding greatness regardless of your ability by making it something bigger than yourself. Um, That's, that's, we've heard from all of our, all of our uh, interviews so far. And, you know, he talks about the why he talks about, um, you know, running for your team, running through your family, community, whatever it is. And when you can, Focus on something that is so much more impactful than PRs. You know, he never talked about times when he was talking about his why. Times never came up. Races never came up. It was about things bigger than himself. And I'm I'm so fired up after that. That was that was the motivation that I needed. um You know, times are tough right now, and so I hope everyone who's listening was able to get fired up too. But that I'm just like I'm fired up right now. I thought that was really really cool.
1: Athletes like Nick, we appreciate them and. We hope maybe he'd be Olympian someday and we could say we've talked to an Olympian before that's going to wrap it up for the rundown today for Alex McIntyre, Kyle Paulson, Keenan Gray. Thanks for tuning into the rundown and special thanks to Nick for joining us here on the podcast. We'll have you guys here back real soon on the rundown. Great day.